0: When the winter time comes, you know, there are a lot of pathogen flowing around and then the COVID thing is not helping any. And then this is this will boost the immune system that we have seen. So is zinc and so is vitamin C in that arena.
1: Facts do not have opinions. Just don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Self love is really about self respect and acceptance. Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of Real Everything. I'm here each week to dive deeper into how we can find happiness and health inside and out through self love, body positivity, and discovering new ways to be our best selves. Before we get started, a reminder this podcast is for general education purposes. Well, Barry is a doctor. He's not your doctor, and we always suggest seeking appropriate treatment with licensed professionals accordingly. That said, welcome Barry Tan to the show.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to the time that we share together.
1: Great. So, listeners, you can find information about Barry at barrytan.com. We're going to put links in the show notes for you. You're also on social, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn all Dr. Barry Tan, and a little about you, Barry. (laughs) You are an expert on vitamin E and a scientist first and foremost. You earned your PhD in chemistry and biochemistry from the University of Otago, New Zealand, and then spent several years as a professor at University of Massachusetts, where you still live now we were talking before the show that's actually where my husband's family is from not too far from where you are and in that time you've committed yourself to the research and development on phytonutrients and we talked a lot about phytonutrients in the show so listeners will will know those help reduce and slow chronic disorders through um Antioxidants and all kinds of wonderful things to the body. Dr. Tan also has held roles of chief scientific officer and chief board member for multinational organizations and includes periods working in association with the US Armed Forces and a Prince of Thailand, which sounds like a great story for our Patreon after party. Dr. Tan, can you tell us a little more about? Yes,
0: I am originally from Malaysia. And I went to New Zealand to study, not very far from Malaysia. I got my degrees and then came to the U.S. in the about 40 something, one, two years ago, I first went to postdoc at the Auburn university, big football country in Alabama. And after two and a half years, I came to university of Massachusetts, where I'm still living in this part of Western New England, Massachusetts rather. And, and, I stayed on doing different research. Mostly my research is on lipid vitamins like that. If the phytonutrient is lipid soluble, I probably would have my fingers on it and, and then study them and try to find it from the plant kingdom. And then if it's reducible to practice and then we do more research. So pretty much my last 30 or so years have been involved in doing just such.
1: I think it's really great we're going to talk about specifically vitamin E and mm-hmm. there was so much information when I started doing my my research on vitamin E from a scientific perspective. So listeners, I I want to remind you we're going to put links to everything in the show notes for you because we're going to talk about a variety of incredible things that science has found vitamin E can support our health. That said, do you mind if I call you Barry?
0: Yeah, Barry will okay. be
1: Okay, great. I think if we just started with a high level for our listeners to tell them, what is vitamin E and how does our body use it?
0: Most of public know vitamin E as an antioxidant which it is, like that, probably a note or two about its origin would be useful. Vitamin E was discovered exactly 100 years ago in 1922 by two pediatricians at UC Berkeley. So it's a very American affair in this case. And they found alpha tocopherol at the time as a vitamin E because it's able to bring the fetus to full term. So therefore, it, be, it, it has a status of a vitamin, not as an antioxidant as such, but, but to bring the fetus to full term. So it's known as a burst vitamin, so to speak. But today we know it more as an antioxidant and, and not uh, 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 surprisingly is found in many vegetables that have contained a lot of oil because they need to protect the oil from oxidation. Soybean has it, palm oil has it, stuff like that. But most of the vitamin E we found in vegetable it, uh, tocopherols and only in three sources palm rice and anato they are tocotrienol so what is the difference then of vitamin e tocopherols and tocotrienol there are four tocopherols and four tocotrienols the four tocopherols are more well known you can find it in your cereal box like that as an antioxidant but my main focus is not so much Uh, as in just antioxidant, but what else the the, the vitamin E can do to our human body like that. So I focus on the ability of the know, the much lesser known one than tocopherol. Pretty much the the molecule looks the same. The tail, it has a ring and a tail, just look like a sperm or a tadpole. The tail is the one that is important and the tail of a tocopherol is longer. The tail of a tocotrienol is shorter and got three double bonds on it. So it's shorter. So what does that translate to? Most of the fat in our body are found in the cell wall that, that surrounds the membrane. And, and the cell wall, this vitamin E is on the cell wall to protect the cell wall from oxidation. So a that anchors deeply, longer tail, deeply into the cell membrane moves around the cell wall like this and protect it from oxidation A toco have a shorter tail so it anchors less deeply so it flies around 50 times or so faster and in so doing it captures the bad guy the bad actors so it will be dative oxygen radical that would mess up the fatty acid you'll capture it and just bring the oxygen to neutrality and would not attack the fatty acid so in short, the tocotrienol moves faster to capture the bad guys, 50 times faster than tocopherol. So that started me about 35 years ago. Wow, if it captures the free radical much more efficiently than tocopherol, it probably have meaning in other chronic condition. So my last three decades or so have been spending time to differentiate tocotrienol functions from tocopherol in all all kinds of chronic condition. Hopefully, you'll touch on some of them.
1: Yes, we are going to dive into the difference of both of those kind of later in the show. I want to help our listeners understand vitamin E in general. So just to kind of make sure I'm understanding you correctly, the vitamin E has eight isoforms, and one is tocopherol, if I'm pronouncing it differently than you, so hopefully I'm not yeah, butchering it. no problem, it. no
0: problem. And
1: then the other is tocotrinal, mm-hmm. and those are the two that we, you know, we've got a lot of science to discuss, and most of the science for the last hundred years has been mm-hmm. focused on tocopherol, mm-hmm. and so we'll differentiate throughout the show when we're talking about things that vitamin E can do for the human body when it's specific to one or the other. The science is just kind of, I think, starting to catch up because of your work and because of you know recent published studies. We'll get into what we're seeing from the benefits of tocotrienol. I think for listeners at this point, just to kind of like lead them into things, know that when you find vitamin E or when you're thinking of vitamin E, it's- and the benefits of it, we're outlining in general what people are saying vitamin E does, because it's only recently that we're starting to dive into the different isomers and what one might do better than the other and all that kind of stuff.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, great. So I, I I'm just going to tell you listeners, we have 13 pages of show notes and most of that is references. I spent days because normally it's not this deep when we're talking about the the benefits of vitamin or an ingredient or something like that. Like the science is abundant on the health benefits of vitamin E for the human body, which means there's a lot of research that I was digging into. So I want to walk through kind of what I found to be The nine top things. And I know, Barry, you've got, you know, what you outline on your website, and we're going to get to that specific to kind of breaking out tocotrienols after. Mm -hmm. Uh, But first... We've got nine things that science abundantly shows vitamin E is beneficial for our health. So I'm going to start with kind of each one, and then I'll pause and let you tell me even more information because I know you're the expert. So the first is you've already mentioned reducing markers of oxidative stress and improving anti antioxidant defenses which we know has implications on so many other elements of our health and there was a 2021 study that i found that showed supplementing with a combination of vitamin e and vitamin c daily for 8 weeks reduced the markers of oxidative stress specifically in women with endometriosis is what the study was working on but we can extrapolate that that's going to apply to all humans um can you is there more that you want to say on this other than kind of what you've already laid the foundation for on how that works?
0: Yeah, on, uh, uh, only in response to what you say so that we can move on in, in a pace that is consumable to your listener. And E and C is always a happy marriage because as E is being spent on protecting the oxidation fat. It is implicitly for the protection of fat like that. And then when it's spent, then you think that E will be gone. And the role of vitamin C is to regenerate, to make vitamin E whole again. And that's why the two is always combination. So when you think of E, this one here, just a small segue, We, we do not want, we need oxygen to live but one in every 10,000 oxygen molecule, it'll go wacko. It just does. And that's when we talk about a a free radical. It's oxygen-free radical. And when it go out of whack, and it is not producing the phosphorylation oxidation that we need. And then, therefore, we have to capture that before it destroy. Now, it destroy what? And the audience know about antioxidant. I can tell you that even if you may be an expert, you're probably thinking not correctly. And and that is, I, I'm saying this, we do not want our nucleic acid to be messed up. There will be the nucleus. You look like you, and we look look like what where our parents come from. That kind of thing. And we also don't want the carbohydrate to be get oxidized because that is important. And A1C is that kind of a thing. We do not want protein to be oxidized because protein make up many parts of our body. And we also do not want our fat to be oxidized. See, I mentioned four already. Right? Of these four major places, fat is the lowest lying fruit to be oxidized. If you don't believe me, you put a stick of butter on a hot summer day, come out in two hours later, or you drive past a roadkill, that smell is oxidized fat. So therefore, fat oxidation is the one I care about most. And because of fat oxidation, you can actually skim up for a 1000 antioxidant, suddenly it'll reduce to about 10. Then now you're talking about, you care the most about the easiest thing to oxidize, and that is fat. And the thing that protects the fat from oxidation is the vitamin E molecule, not any other one. And if you got that, then you you can cut out all the noise. The other one are antioxidant. For example, if my DNA is being oxidized, the nucleic acid is being oxidized, which I don't want to, man, I'm so dead meat. (laughs) <laughs> By the time it gets there, I'm seriously bad news, you know, so therefore I care most about in the first instance of something go bad, what would that be? That will be the fat oxidation and like what you're talking. So I'm sure you're going to touch on some of this. So I'll come back to this. I'm t- trying to give you the highest order of things that most easily get oxidized. And that is a place for your protection.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Ava Jane's Kitchen Kalima Sea Salt, and I have a genius idea for you to gift the best salt I have ever tasted, especially since they're offering you your first bag free. Seriously, no catch. Just pay shipping and taste it for yourself. If you love it as much as I do, how fun would it be to gift it with a mason jar of dry mixed baked goods like chocolate chip cookies or brownies? Kalima Sea Salt would be so good on top of those, and it's a gift I can see giving to teachers, neighbors, or myself. I actually bought a case of Kalima Sea Salt with the code they're offering you all because it is such a good deal and I am obsessed with the salt. Not just me, but my whole family. (laughs) And if you listened to episode 5 earlier this season, you know that we discussed the science of salt as well as the health benefits of sea salt. And Kalima sea salt is harvested from the salt flats in Mexico, supporting the local salineros. And it's free of ocean-borne plastics, which 90% of table salt in most of our foods is laced with tiny pieces of microplastics from ocean trash. And it's free of ocean-borne plastics, which 90% of table sea salt in most of our food is laced with from ocean trash. Beyond the benefits for you and the planet though, the best part is the amazing flavorful texture. Imagine a kosher salt texture with the vibrant, minerally flavors of sea salt. I went from calling it my special salt to the kids figuring out that it tasted better, and now it is the salt that we use for everyday everything, cooking, baking, flavoring as a finishing salt. It does it all. The umami is so good. I really hope that you give this a try. It's one of those finds that I know you will love if you just try it, which is why it's awesome that Ava Jane's Kitchen is offering you a free bag to try. Listeners, get your free bag from wholeviewsalt.com. You don't need a code, just visit wholeviewsalt.com to redeem your free bag of Kalima sea salt. This podcast is sponsored by Indeed, which is where I personally recommend posting your resume as well as posting job opportunities. If you're in search of quality candidates, Cole recently got his first job. Yay. I'm so proud of him. And he had a ton of action through Indeed. For employers they have so many time-saving tools way more than when i got my career break back in ye olden days of the 1900s so nowadays you have virtual interview options that save you time you can message schedule and interview top talent seamlessly all in one place interview virtually with no downloads plugins or purchases and after using indeed's virtual interviews most employers said it saved them days of hiring time according to indeed data us indeed is the number one source of hires in the us according to talent nest 73 percent of us online job seekers search for jobs on indeed each month according to comscore and instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills Use Indeed's instant match. Over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. In the minute that I've been talking to you, 16 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed Data Worldwide. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must have job requirements. Need to hire? you need Indeed. Visit indeed.com slash whole view to start hiring now. Go to indeed.com slash whole view, indeed.com slash whole view. Great. Yeah. It's helpful to know how E and C work together. I, so moving on to the second thing, it's vitamin E has also potentially improved bone health and have protective anti-aging effect. And not only was there research in middle-aged and elderly humans suggesting that tocotrienols have a potential beneficial anti-aging action with respect to cognitive impairment and DMA damage, there was also a study that showed that tocotrienol supplementation helps reduce bone loss in post-menopause osteopenic women and the mechanism for that as you've explained is in suppressing the inflammation and oxidative stress that's causing that DNA damage to begin with
0: yes and that that one that was the only is only one clinical trial on that we did that in texas and the reason, Stacy, we did that was because at the earlier 15 years, there were like 100 papers or so on vitamin E, specifically tocotrienol, to mitigate bone loss. And then, and then I thought, wow, I need to do a clinical trial. But clinical trials to do bone loss is difficult to do because the turnover of bone is really slow. It takes a long time to figure out something. But we decided to embark on it, and that's when we saw that the oxidative stress is mitigated. And then uh, it basically, the the, bu- the bo- building bone cells increase and the breakdown of the bone cell decrease. So overall, during the postmenopausal time, the bone is resisted from bone loss. It's not stopping the bone loss, but it's resisted from bone loss. And for that, uh, that would be our, our take home message. So that if it takes her from 55 to 65 years old drop this much, it will take her from 55 to 85 years old to drop this much. So for that is a contribution of this sort of vitamin E as long as it is tocotrienol.
1: Yeah, I, I'm all about figuring out ways to slow down aging. I think we all are, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so the next one that I think is most commonly found at least in the research that i'm assuming most well understood is to support cardiovascular health and potentially reducing heart disease risk factors and i think you've explained this really well in the um antioxidant nature of fats so if we consider that for you know in our bloods studies have shown that it can reduce systolic blood pressure when combined especially with omega 3 and i know you'll You'll help us understand that. But what you know from what you've already said, that makes so much sense. And that co supplementation can significantly reduce the serum concentrations of both triglycerides and LDL and increase the good cholesterol to reduce the risk of heart disease. And as well, I'm curious because we haven't talked about it yet. There was also information about vitamin E quinone that has anti clotting benefits. So, from what I could read, this was acting as a like inhibitor of the vitamin K dependent that controls blood clotting. So it appears that vitamin E also works with vitamin K to reduce clotting. So you're getting the benefits of both increasing heart disease and reducing risk of stroke. Did I get that right?
0: <laughs> the the second part is the more complicated but the first part let's, let's talk about first part because you mentioned them and cardiovascular disease when when was first but to have differentiated function from tocopherol it was on the lipid like the way you mentioned it the LDL the bad cholesterol drop the HDL the good cholesterol increase and then the triglyceride drop. so that one was correct. And and, and that was from University of Wisconsin, probably in the early 1980s, at the time when I started my career at University of Massachusetts. So I jumped on board. At the time, people can't even Know much about tocotri- you know, Never mind. Uh, even today, we're still bringing this force to people to do. So, in that cardiovascular drug, we did a lot of, of studies like that, comparing it with statin. People take statin to lower cholesterol like that. Somewhere in that piece, Stacy, we also asked the question: If since half the people who have cardiovascular disease diseases have high cholesterol, but the other which is good, which is good to f- follow that line of search. But the other half not have high cholesterol, they have high inflammation. So we, we therefore went to study why, uh, if tocotrienol would work on lowering inflammation, so that that together combined took us some ten years to unravel, and we did find it lower the the bad actors, who are lipids, and it and it also lower the inflammation, like C-reactive protein, interleukin sixes, series of different things like that, and together they calm our arteries from having cardiovascular diseases like that. So that's a cardiovascular piece. And you may or may not touch on the cardiometabolic piece, which has to do with type 2 diabetes, pre-diabetes, and fatty liver. Maybe as you go down, I will come back to the vitamin E and vitamin K thing rather than at now, because that is taking us at a different direction, not necessarily directly cardiovascular.
1: Okay. I guess what it would be helpful for me to know vitamin E, is that one of the eight isomers or what is that?
0: Oh, vitamin E quinone is an oxidized form of vitamin E. Vitamin E E is part of a phenol ring. Phenol ring, I I, I have to think about it other than to describe it chemically. it, It is a, it is a six carbon ring and if the six carbon ring is saturated then it's a cyclohexane i, I know i'm getting 12 into things that may be off the chart okay.
1: no i'm here for it
0: keep going okay. all right <laughs> and if the ring however have double bonds then they become benzenoid they become aromatic and it is when it's aromatic stage if it's oxygen is this o-h group attached to that oxygen then there's a classical aromatic base antioxidant, and all the phenolics are in this kind of, of area. And and, and tocotrienol is one of them like this. So when the OH group is oxidized, then you'll become a ketone group. And typically when you oxidize a benzene ring, you have two ketone groups. And, and when you have two ketone group in a benzene ring, that's a quinone. That's it. So that means then, in short, that vitamin E has been oxidized. It, it, it has rendered a vitamin E incapable to become an antioxidant. That's a quino.
1: Okay. So it would be a, so if someone was looking to improve their, like reduce clotting through something other than over the counter medication, so to speak, or, mm-hmm. you know, if they're looking to improve that, they would need to get that specific form of vitamin E. It would not just be in like a regular vitamin E supplement for them.
0: Yeah, that would be. And and there are studies that people do this quinone thing like that, and they are, are connected to the clotting factor. They are connected to people who have taxia. It, it, it will be off the chart. But it, I, I think that this audience, unless you're very specific on this, I don't want to go there... Quinones are drugs. They, they, they go that direction, but normally, from the plant's perspective that we consume, they are not quinone. They are not. They're reduced form, and then they're phenolic, like polyphenol, like that. And then they will protect the oxidation of the fat. I say in that we, we see if we submit our tocotrienol or submit our tocopherol to bubbling oxygen, for example, in the lab, and then they'll become quinone. They're typically brownish color got it. Yeah.
1: No, it's helpful to understand and I'm sure that there's a listener somewhere who is interested in <laughs> looking into that further. So laying down just the you know that part of it I think is is helpful to understand the, all the differences. Continuing the benefits of vitamin E in its more natural form, we have the improvement of liver health and benefiting those with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and I found, our listeners know that meta-analysis are great, so I found a meta-analysis showing that vitamin E reduced the values of liver enzymes compared to placebo, and vitamin E improved statistically significant liver pathology in individual histological parameter, listeners say that three times fast, as well as low-density lipoprotein cholesterol, fasting blood glucose, and serum leptin values. I'm glad I'm done with that sentence. And then there was a 2020 study, which I think you were also involved with, that recently was published, showing that when comparing tocotrienol to tocopherol in those with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, that there were better results seen in those taking tocotrienol supplementation. So like I said at the top of the show, there isn't a lot that compares the two forms in studies, but we're starting, because of Barry's work and others, starting to see some of this come out. So in this case, in taking the tocotrienol supplementation where there was equally beneficial effects in terms of improvement in oxidative stress, insulin resistance, and non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, we did see that the tocotrinol was more potent in reducing body weight inflammation. What is? Apoptosis, can you t- uh, <laughs> like tell, and that was the last uh, thing. So tell me what that is, and am I uh, pronouncing
0: apop- it correctly? People say apoptosis, okay. it, it, it was probably studied about 20 years ago, people found it. When you think of a cell in our body or a or living organism like that, they cannot live forever in the current understanding of biology, so like that so apoptosis then was made popular in in the study of cancer so when cancer cells happen they are meant to be forever memorialized that means that they continuously generate itself like there is no reason why they should die and therefore they you you if you do not arrest the continuum of cancer cell growing, then, then it will take over the body. And that's why a human person cannot survive with cancer cell. So apoptosis was popularized with apoptose cancer cell to bring the cancer cell to death. So apoptosis is bringing a cell to death like that. So it has a negative connotation like that. But today. Biologists understand apoptosis as you have skin cell, and we have skin cell, and the skin peels off, which means the skin cell have to die. They have a normal lifespan, and then they die. That natural process of switching off is apoptosis. That's using it positively. And sometimes people use the word turnover. The skin cell turnover is faster, and probably one of the slowest turnover cell, the, the, the turnaround, would be the bone cell you cannot have the bone cell doing over and the fastest and over thing would be the stomach lining you we're secreting hydrochloric acid there if you touch your face you just literally burn so me our body is amazing so and so when you eat food it produces hydrochloric acid to digest the food. That cell in the in, in the stomach is regenerated every two to three hours. The fastest turnover, the only other faster turnover I know of would be the growth of the fetus. And even cancer cell cannot grow that fast. But cancer cell is part of that regime. It grows so fast. If it's a person with breast cancer, a person with lung cancer, it grows hundred times or more faster than that of other breast cell and other lung cell. And in that manner, the tumors start to grow. And then, if it's not taken care of, then the, the rest we understand why it is so that's the meaning of apoptosis bring it bringing it to death either intentionally in cancer or naturally for that cell to turn itself down and then it would die a red blood cell is a classic example the red blood cell is supposed to be in our body for approximately months and and white blood cell is approximately in our body for about two weeks and then it, it turned itself off
1: super helpful I use the word cellular turnover all the time and now I know I can say apoptosis and the mechanism is great to understand. This podcast is sponsored by Felix Grey, makers of research backed blue light glasses that effectively filter up to 15 times more of the most impactful blue light than other clear lenses. I am wearing my panorama lenses right now. I wear blue light blocking glasses daily, not because I have a prescription, but because I strongly believe that wearing these has helped maintain my eye health, preventing the need for glasses in my 40s. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're exposed to blue light. We actually did a deep dive on episode 302, and there's a ton of science about how disruptive and harmful the light emitted from electronic devices are for our eyes and overall health. So if you're spending time staring at your phone, tablet, computer, TV, or other devices, you may find yourself having some of the common symptoms like headaches, blurry vision, dry, tired eyes, and trouble sleeping. And exposure to blue light at night can lower the production of melatonin, the hormone that regulates sleep. 9 out of 10 customers experience relief from eye strain, headaches, and or blurry vision. And I am definitely one of them. You can protect yourself and make an amazing fashion statement. To get the best blue light glasses on the market, use my URL, felixgrayglasses.com slash wholeview. Non-prescription and prescription are available. Check them out now at felixgrayglasses.com slash wholeview. Free shipping, free returns, free exchanges. FelixGreyGlasses.com slash whole So I am curious, though, as it relates to vitamin E with the liver, if you could share with us the mechanism that is so helpful, because, you know, from what I was reading, the liver is what's taking in the vitamin E. So it seems like that's why the liver is so happy with vitamin E supplementation. Could you share a little more about that? I talk a lot about detoxing, and how in the world around us we cannot control everything. I mean, as as much as you try to put yourself in a in a safe bubble at home, the minute that you walk outside and breathe in, you know, um environmental air that you can't control, you're exposed to, to toxins, right? And so our liver needs to be healthy to help ourselves detox the things that we cannot control. So this is an area that I'm like really fascinated and interested
0: in yeah uh, in this area Stacy if you can leave uh, give it a little bit more time that will be good but I uh, you asked three or four I don't know if you're aware of it you asked, <laughs> i I three have a
1: habit three. of that
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, I'll answer them as I as I see that you are asking you 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 use the phrase liver talks." tox. Okay, and in liver tox and we refer to toxins and like that, I I will just exemplify. There are many toxins and typically when we talk about liver tox, it may be for simplicity, lead, mercury, exposure, toxicity, pesticide like that. I'm sure there are more like that. Then we detox like that and the liver is a good route for this kind of detoxification. Now we're talking about liver health as in, as in fatty liver. Now one can also say if it's purely semantics, you know, if you say, oh, if you take a lot of fat, then fat is a toxin. Yes, I agree. But, but I wanted to make it not trite. The liver health as it contains to fat, fat is not exactly mercury or lead. Or pesticide. Those are those are exogenous compound our body completely never ever need, and therefore we talk about a, a detox. But fat, we cannot not have fat in our body. We'll die if we don't have. But so when I talk about fatty liver, it's different. We are consuming dietarily way too much fat, way too much carbohydrate that converts to fat, way too much fat that the body cannot handle. So when it cannot handle, it makes the liver fatty. I I can explain if you need to later, why does the fat sticking into the liver? But when the liver is more than 5% fat, it will begin to stress. Now 5% fat, if you eat lean chicken breast, it's already less 92% fat, less like that. So, and the liver essentially cannot tolerate fat. More than 5%, it will begin to consider that fatty, like that. And then, of course, the fatty liver is a progression before it goes all the way to NASH. NASH being non-alcohol steatohepatitis, and and the, most people are in the earlier stages, non-alcohol fatty liver disease, NAFLD. It, it, both of those f- words are uh, uh, clumsy. They are clumsy because it's trying to define the fatty liver that looks like somebody who has fatty liver from alcohol abuse. That's it. That's why they're specifically referred to non-alcohol. And it was only discovered by Mayo Clinic in the 1980s. It's not so, so long ago. In fact, I have stories like that. The doctor saw the numbers and talked to Mr. Jones. He said that, do you drink a lot of alcohol? And, Mr. and a little bit accusatory in the tone. And Mr. Jones said that, no, I don't drink alcohol. So the doctor went back and re- look at the numbers. So he came back again and asked him, are you sure you don't drink alcohol? So by this time, Mr. Jones is figuring out that, you know, he's getting upset, but the doctor did not believe that he didn't drink alcohol. It was the context of that came up with this term, non-alcohol fatty liver disease. So the liver essentially looked like somebody who have been assaulted by alcohol for a long period of time having said that that is fantastic Stacy in the sense that you can have somebody drawing the liver to fatty dietary consumption exactly the same as alcohol would destroy the liver if you think about that that is fantastic to do this. And right now, today, the CDC say that about 30% to 35% of Americans have fatty liver disease. That translates to about 95 million people. If it weren't the pandemic, of what we understood the pandemic to be, all of us are in it, then this would be pandemic. Because it, pandemic, people think of the word as tripe, because everybody, even children, know how to say the word pandemic. So the, the published paper decided to choose another word. You know what they say? They say that this fatty liver disease is, we are in a code blue, <laughs> which is more dire like that. So, so therefore, fatty liver disease is now code blue like that so that's that piece then now you also mentioned about vitamin e yes about 15 years ago a paper was published in JAMA. another paper is published in new england journal of medicine very good stable places they use vitamin e as in alpha tocopherol, to study fatty liver and it mitigated the condition in so much as to lower the stress enzymes in the liver, specifically referring to AST and ALT, like that. So at that time, we didn't know anything more other than wow, it lower. There are no drugs, even today, there are no drugs to mitigate liver condition. So how did I come on board? Now, I, so I I affirm that. How did I come on board to use tocotrienol uh, to study this? that has a story I did not magically come up with it and and this story is worthy to take a few minutes of your listeners time on this a colleague of mine in Ohio State University was studying severe inflammation of people that have had trauma in an accident on the road so when you have had an accident on the road when they bring that into to the their brain is inflamed. It literally is pretty ghastly. They have to drill a hole in the brain to release the fluid out. Otherwise, the inflammation and the fluid would actually crush the brain. So they drill a hole. And this professor study he put in tiny amount of tocotrienol into the brain to reduce the severe inflammation. He showed that in animal rats. He showed that in dogs. And he's about to do that in humans. He secured a $5 million grant from the National Institute of Health. But the National Institute of Health, only one question to ask. I need you to give me some data that tocotrienol is found in different organs in the body, especially the brain like that. And then he said, well, how can I do that? You cannot poke a needle into different organs to do this. Healthy people simply won't allow that. The institutional review board will reject. So now he's in an impasse. He had to come up with a solution. Otherwise, NIH would his five million dollars is going to fly away. He wouldn't get it. So the university told him this is the clinch, told him that we don't have anybody that brain disease that you can do this and it's not allowed. However," We have end-stage liver failure patient. Another way of saying, if they wait for liver transplant, if they don't get it, they will not live. If they are willing to take your tocotrienol and may live for two weeks, four weeks, two, three months, then if they sign a consent form on the cadaver tissue, you can get it, then that will be the only way you got it. Okay. That's ethically okay. They got it. So they did about 20, 30 patients or 40 patients, and half of them passed away. And then they get that cadaver tissue. He found tocotri, you know, in different parts of the body. So therefore, it's bioavailable. He's got the $5 million. He did it. Somebody in the hepatology department told him, wait a minute, professor. While we're giving this to people, yes, half of them died. But for the half that did not die, they got better, but that was not the study. It was study was just to find out if they go to different tissue. But they got better. That was the trigger point for me and others to pick up. Wait a minute. This toco helped to reverse the Mel score back. M E L D is a scoring of the liver. They only use Mel score for end stage liver can patient before they go into liver transplant list like that. That was probably about. 15, 20 years ago. So I decided to, should I do tocotriinal research in this area? By that, at that time, alpha tocopherol already was known from what I told you earlier, we decided to do this. We have some animal studies first and show that, oh, it did help. Then I said, should I do that? So I did initially a three month study, a six month study. Followed by a twelve-month study, so it's it is a, a time-dependent, not a dose-dependent. In the three and six-month study, say, see we look at the enzyme drop, and then the enzyme drop as good as alpha tocopherol did. And, and then we study inflammation, and the inflammation also dropped. Then we use ultrasound, and we study the fat storage in the liver. It also dropped. Then I say, wait a minute. So then we decided, okay. I'm going to do a 12 month study. It's easy to say all this, but it's not. Seisi, if you're sitting on my side to do a 12 month study, you've beside, the cost, which I won't even tell you that, you need no less than three years to do a one year study because you have to recruit people. They are not guinea pigs. They won't sign consent. They don't want. There are many things. And then you say you're doing a double blind study. I said, no, 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 I don't want to take the dummy pill. I got to take the real McCoy. Then I said, but well, in that case, we cannot recruit you because this is a designer. Study. So you have to go through this and you cannot yell at people and scream. It's not okay. So you have to be professional. You simply have to say that, you know, uh, then uh, we cannot have you recruited because this is not the way we're going to design the study. So you could see so many things. And then, and then the physician cannot know about this and the patient doesn't know, about it. only the statistician know a, a code like that. So to do all of this, the three, six and 12 month study, it is a total of eight years of my life to do this. So I was all in. But in the 12 month study, you know what we did? We directly compared neck-to-neck with alpha-tocopherol and tocotrienol and we did that because we knew that alpha-tocopherol could do something in 15 years ago in the study. We wanted to see if tocotrienol would do better than tocopherol. That was it and then why did we do a three six and twelve month study like that time? because the liver is a single largest organ in our body, I wanted to know if the impact is sustainable over time. so to use a Las Vegas phrase, I was all in so I, I'm really glad even though we are all in, it yielded best fruit so I'm Thrilled to say that this is working. It is significantly better than alpha tocopherol, and it even helped some of the pa- some of the patient to lose weight. They typically lose about ten to fifteen pound, and it, this is shown in all the three study separately published the three paper. The twelve month study was only published last month, like that. So, sorry, it took a little longer, but but this is a very important piece. We did so much work. So glad to share this with the audience. And if you were to come to our website, we usually don't necessarily, but sometimes people say, well, Dr. Tan say this, I wanted to know what, if you write an email, come to the website, you can see all these things published in different places, glad to have you, and then you can make your decisions for yourself.
1: Yeah, I think what is interesting about this, and I I talk a lot about, weight not being a factor of health, but more a symptom of other things that are happening in our bodies. And it could be because someone could be, in my case, overweight because of a lifetime of yo-yo dieting and messing up all my hormones and that kind of stuff. And so when I I want to kind of like temper my listeners, because I try to give warnings if we're going to talk about weight, because a lot of people have emotional eating disorders and different kinds of things like that that I don't want to trigger. I think the impressive thing to me is not necessarily that people lost 10 to 15 pounds, but Mm -hmm. more it's because of the inflammation in their body, which, as you've already described, is really the cause of so many chronic health conditions that it helped improve and stabilize their health, which then affected this symptom of being, you know, overweight or whatever the case may be. So I just, I think that this study is fascinating because liver health is, um, One of the areas that I do a lot of my own kind of personal work in and all this kind of stuff, because I don't have a gallbladder, so my liver's working overtime and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So the science on this was very clear in terms of vitamin E supporting liver. And then also seeing your recent study with the specific of the tocotrienol being even more beneficial than just the the known benefits of vitamin E. Yeah. So
0: now, the, the, what what you mentioned, Stacey, that I like, you know, because you address to your audience about the psychosomatic, the emotional piece, like that, and and I'm I don't know how to study that, but but I do affirm what you say that. The toko trienol is not in and of itself a weight loss product. And furthermore, we did not have data to show two weeks and one month. The very earliest data we show is three months like that. Having said that, we have data and it's statistically significant for three six and 12 months. And when we did that was because of this large organ, I wanted to be sustainable. We were looking at inflammation, enzyme, statosis, which is a fat and also fibrosis, all the other things. But we cannot ignore when we weigh the patient, they were generally overweight patient, they have sustained weight loss. And we felt that a a tocotrienol is not in and of itself a weight loss product. However, when it begins to balance the metabolism in the body, the body stress reduce, and then when the body stress reduce, and and then it comes back into balance, and then as a consequence of that, the weight of the person is reduced. So, so that's. And that is biologically explaining what you said, but you added the component about the emotional and psychosomatic thing. We have no ability to study that. And however, I I believe that that is also a component when the person is carrying a a dead amount of weight.
1: Okay, so I know we've, we've covered so many things that vitamin E can do, and we're not even halfway through. So I'm gonna try to move through some of these for our listeners. I love that I found vitamin E can reduce menstrual pain with a 2018 study taking vitamin E daily helped remove helped relieve menstrual pain more than a placebo and this was another one combined with omega-3 supplementation the effects were even greater
0: yeah this this we did not do a study with tocotrienol and menstrual pain. We have health professional a medical doctor who gave it to menstrual, in pre-perimenstrual women. And then he found out that dramatically when he gave them approximately 500 milligram, and within the first week or two, the menstrual pain appeared. It doesn't have to use infinitum, but for some first month or two, and it would go. So we, I heard it directly from a doctor who used it. Other people did study. We didn't do. And so, but I had noted that, made a footnote. And when people asked, I said that there's nothing to lose, not taking, not at that level to create any problems, yes.
1: Yeah, I think it's also interesting to think about that the cause of the pain then potentially being inflammation, right? Like in Mm -hmm. inflamed, whether it's ovaries or, you know, whatever the case may be. So it is kind of that mechanism is, is interesting to consider. The other benefit that I'm super interested in is the benefit of cognitive health. So we talked earlier about the potential improvement in anti-aging. The reason that this one is particularly interesting to me is because post-COVID, there are so many people who are having cognitive impairment from long haulers or from post-COVID symptoms, and The studies show that being optimal vitamin E levels and taking supplements may help protect against cognitive decline. It's still unclear if, you know, the supplementation benefit people with cognitive conditions like Alzheimer's. I know that there was a a study done where it was proposed that it could be a potential clinical intervention for Alzheimer's. What was interesting to me is that overall, if we think about how the vitamin E is affecting cognitive health, you know, the brain is very fatty, the brain needs fat. And so if vitamin E is creating reduced inflammation, and this suggestion is, for example, in long haulers that we're talking about inflammation in a post COVID environment, then vitamin E has the potential, obviously, you know, there can't have been a study yet, this is part of the problem with long haulers is, Mm -hmm. you know, there's impossible to have done studies at this point. But we can potentially imagine that the vitamin E is going to bring down the inflammation in our brain from cognitive health. So I'm wondering if you have any kind of thoughts on that, both from the perspective of seeing it in older individuals who might be experiencing something like Alzheimer's, but also I think in a more modern environment. Given there's no real downside to supplementing with vitamin E, if someone is experiencing cognitive impairment, maybe because they have a thyroid disease, maybe because they have long haulers, like vitamin E seems like a really great thing to give a try.
0: Yeah, it, it's, I think in this, there is no interventional study, I, I would say like that. I think about 10, 15 years ago, before COVID time, I I just forgot the, 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 the lady's name who did the study. I think she was based in Italy and she did the study when she was in the Karolinska Institute in Sweden. And it was a large funded study. She published two, three papers. We spoke with her on the phone. Her name just slipped my mind just now. And in that epidemiological study, she found that if you say normal elderly, mild cognitive impaired elderly, and then a seriously impaired elderly in terms of cognitive function, and in the, in the normal group, vitamin E level was highest. Medium and lower in that trend, and then she further found that tocotrienol vitamin E was even more clear in terms of this way lower and lowest in, in the the con- so that's a, a, a epidemiological study is a suggestion. That, that somehow that has been used up and therefore there's not enough in that of the elderly people. So they, we left we tried to figure out how to do a clinical study. we are unable to. The vitamin E that we found to be useful for elderly people is not in that direction. It's more in a direction to boost their immune system which is not intrinsically bad in itself, because in the cold season come like now, when the winter time come, you know, there are a lot of pathogen flowing around. And then the COVID thing is not helping any. And then this is this will boost the immune system that we have seen. So is zinc and so is vitamin C in that arena. But back to, the, to this, we have some animal studies. The Japanese scientists studied this, and they saw that they designed the study, but they were they were kind of like distracted. They studied the brain cognitive function, but instead, in these type two diabetic mice, they tend to have higher degree of dementia. They saw that the type two diabetic mice instead lost weight, so they so they reported that part and have not gotten to report the part about the memory thing. We have done on a study and somewhere in Texas, if you, it's kind of like, it's called a Morris swimming maze. So when they did this, then they give the rats with and without tocotrienol. And the ones that is with tocotrienol would take like a week, maybe seven, eight days, they'll find the path. They have to be trained. And the one that were not given, tocotrienol, they would take sometime 20 to 25 days before they figure out the path. So that was very clear that they, they are able to cognitively figure things out faster than the other one. They even, after they did that, they stop it and then they put the rat in the cage so they don't swim anymore. Then they forgot about it. So then they put it back again, the relearning would also be faster for the one that were given TOCO go trial. You know, so we have in other words, we don't have clinical study, we have suggestive study like this. Knowing that, I still have to figure out then how would I do a study like that in clinical trials? See, sometimes you have to design it. If if I could not think of a way, then I can't do the study. But but at least on that kind of study, and because vitamin E, tocotrienol, as in vitamin tocopherol, they protect the fat, like you say, and the brain is very fatty, One, and the toc- tocotrienol goes to the brain. It crosses the blood-brain barrier to protect the brain. All that suggests that the ground rules are there for the tocotrienol to enter the brain, the very fatty tissue, and help the brain to function properly and not go to any excessive oxidative stress. That an old, an older person might have.
1: I'm all for improving my brain function. And personally, I'm a lot more interested in that than I am in losing a little bit of weight. So I think the people who got distracted in their study went in the wrong direction because I know (laughs) a lot of people who, you know, have loved ones with dementia, I imagine would be a lot more interested in reducing their dementia and having their loved one back in their life versus their loved one being a little leaner. So this Mm -hmm. is where the whole like weight in obsession in our country just makes me so frustrated but good to know that studies are underway on that and things are are looking in that direction yeah when i when i was looking at what information was available clearly it was extrapolating it was you know kind of not a a study that's proven it yet and at the same time as someone who you know dealt with the cognitive reduction of long haulers for a really long time. I had my husband as an essential worker. And so I got COVID at the very beginning and I had long haulers before it was even like a real, like people even knew it was a thing. And I was talking about, brain fog, especially during menstrual cycles, like my, you know, when my body would experience higher inflammation, then it would kind of spike. And it took me a while to figure out what was happening and how to, you know, kind of reduce my inflammation and get my brain function back. And Mm -hmm. I wish that I had kind of known more things about what I could do. I ended up having to give up coffee, which was painful, but I'm a big proponent and I don't drink, coffee or anything with caffeine anymore. And I also don't drink alcohol. And I think, you know, when we look at my body's ability to kind of reduce inflammation and and all that kind of stuff, it, it makes sense. And I think that if I would have added vitamin E to the mix, I, I already am getting vitamin E in some of the things that I'm taking and eating. We're going to talk about where vitamin E is found in whole food sources soon, but I certainly would have taken a vitamin E supplement had I kind of fully understood the benefit that it could have. So We're going to explore all of that and more on a part two of this episode 33 in season three. I realized in this conversation with Dr. Tan that there was so much for us to discuss and explore that listeners, I want to give you a chance to kind of absorb this information before diving into some of the more tough questions that I'm actually going to explore with Dr. Tan about the differences of types of vitamin E and proper absorption all of that can be found in part two. So we'll also be sharing what we really thought over on patreon.com slash the whole view, the best place to ask questions too. If you've loved the show that we create and produce ourselves, the Patreon is a great way to support the show, but so is leaving a review and hitting that follow or subscribe button in the podcast app you're using so that others can find us too. And we put a list of extensive resources into the show notes for you at realeverything.com. Thank you for your compassion and consideration in hearing us out today. We appreciate your willingness to be open to change, to listening and learning, because while no one is perfect, we can all become better versions of ourselves. I hope you'll tune in to part two next, available now.